Good. Hello, creation! Hello, everybody. So good to see you. Who has been here before? Woo! Who is it that can say this is your first time ever? Awesome, awesome. Look, I'm just going to give you a heads up real quick that there is a storm that is kind of coming through. So if, so if someone comes up here and gives me an X, I'm going to tell you I have to stop if we see lightning. And so, but don't worry, when you go back to your tents, when you hear everything go back up, if we stop, everyone say, if we stop. If we see lightning, we will stop. And then on social media, you'll be notified when everything's back up and running. Cool? Good evening, everybody. Put your hand up if you've never heard me speak face to face. Awesome. It is my privilege and honor to be here to be speaking about the love of God uh, through the ministry of Life Without Limbs. It's been an incredible 20-year journey. Uh, first of all, I want to share with you a couple photos. Look to the screens. I think we first got the family photo of me and my wife. Thumbs up, me and my wife. Uh, we have been married now for 10 years. Her name is Kanae. She's half Japanese, half Mexican. We call that Japsican. And then we have four kids. Next photo, Kiyoshi, Dayan, Olivia, and Ali, nine, six, and four-year-old twin girls. And daddy's the shortest guy in the house already, all right? Um, and so, so beautiful. Um, just how I met my wife, and it was love at first sight. I looked at her. She looked at me. I couldn't feel my legs. Um, it's been so much of an incredible journey through the ministry. Um, I think we've got some photos here of uh, a trip that just happened two weeks ago. This is Benjamin Netanyahu, Prime Minister of Israel for 16 years. This was about two and a half weeks ago. And the next photo is a group photo in the Knesset, in the government of Israel. Um, I was the third ever in history to ever pre, uh, pray in the name of Yeshua uh, in the Knesset in Jerusalem. Please pray for Israel. And we're going to be going back there again and again. And um, the next photo is in Kenya from Israel. I went to Kenya. Uh, we actually spoke in front of 2,500 young teenagers there. And we actually got report that after speaking in front of 2,000 people, that 600 teenagers gave their life to Jesus Christ. And 10 people, 10, 10 actually gave us a letter to say, I was planning to commit suicide next week. Now I know that if God has a plan for Uncle Nick, then God has a plan for me too. And so I just want you to know the message that we share all around the world is the same message that I want to share with you tonight. And I want you to know that I love you. And I, I know that many of us, we definitely go through ups and downs in our life. And especially at school, we go through circumstances where people look at us and start judging us for how we look. And when people start bullying us and teasing us, we kind of understand that there is this war. And there is a war in our heart and there's a war in our mind between truth and lies. And what's really, really sad are the people who never know the truth and actually believe the lie. What's really interesting, it's not always about the people who put you down and tease you. It's about when people were teasing me at school, 
and made me feel like I actually was ugly. I actually was maybe not cool. We, we ex done. We're going we to need lightning. everybody to go shelter in their campsites because of lightning. We will notify you on social media. We'll also make announcements from the stage. Uh, please get back to Love your you. shelter in place in your campsites, and we will notify you via social media. Guys, give me 25 minutes on the clock. I know we're going less, but give me at least 25 on the clock. That will be great. Uh, everybody, it is such an honor to be with you all tonight, and I know that people are still coming back. But first of all, um, I want to tell you that um, I love you. And when people would tell me those words, I love you, I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, thank you, I love you too, right? But then they would take some time and look me in the eye. You know when someone's coming up to you and they're not even looking you in the eye, but it's those people who take time to look you in the eye. They ain't looking at your hair, they ain't looking at your skin, they ain't looking at your clothes, they ain't looking at your walk. They're looking in your eyes, and your eyes are the windows to your soul. And what's amazing is how God made us all uniquely, wonderfully, and fearfully. And He formed me in my mother's womb. He knew my name before the earth began. There has never been another Nick Vujicic. There never will be another Nick Vujicic. And I tell you, when you think about philosophies and religions in the world, I'll never forget when I was 12 years old, someone at the airport looked at me and she said, were you born this way? I said, yeah. She said, do you know why? And I said, no, because I'm thinking like, you know, kids come up and say, what happened? I just say cigarettes. And she says, well, I know why you were born this way. I said, why? She said, reincarnation. I said, what's reincarnation? She said, well, in your previous life, you were a really bad boy, and now you're getting punished for it. And she said, don't worry. In your next life, you'll come back, and you'll be a butterfly. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be a butterfly. That sucks. You know how many butterflies I've killed in my wheelchair? And so I started telling her, look, I was born this way. There's no medical reason why. And that didn't make sense. Reincarnation to say that I had a previous life that I didn't remember, that I don't learn from. And for me, I wanted to believe in a loving God. I wanted to believe in heaven. I wanted to believe that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and that God has a plan for me. But I didn't know what it was. So guess what I wanted? I wanted to know what it was. I wanted to know where was God if He's a loving God and I pray for arms and legs miraculously and He can do all things, then where is my miracle? It made sense to me that if He's real and that He's loving, then why would he let me suffer if he's real? And as I went to school, I saw everyone with arms and legs and not me. And I saw, you know, girls and boys, you know, holding hands. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm never going to get a girlfriend. I'm never going to get married. Even if I got married, I can't even hold my wife's hand. Even if I had kids, I can't even hold my kids when they're crying. And now you saw those photos of my family. Let me tell you, my oldest son... He said, Daddy, I wish you had hands. I said, why? He said, I wish I knew how it felt to be hugged by you. He said, but that's okay. I'm just going to hug you longer and stronger. And I'll tell you right now, I can't hold my wife's hand, but I don't need to hold her hand. I need to hold her heart. And you don't need arms and legs to hold your wife's heart. And I want you to know that sometimes we focus so much on the outside and I wish I had arms and legs and I wish I could be like them and I wish I could look like them and I wish I could do this and I wish I could do that. 
And I prayed for a miracle, and a miracle didn't come. And I thought to myself, man, I'm never going to be happy because I have no limbs. Now, you could say that I had a pretty good excuse, right? But it's interesting as, you know, we grow through 10-year-old life, 12-year-old, teenage, 14, 15-year-olds. And you're thinking, well, this and this needs to happen before I'm really more happy. You know, like, oh, I want to be loved. I need a boyfriend. Oh, if I don't have a boyfriend now, I'm never going to be loved. I'll tell you right now, if you're Christian and yet you have actually a boyfriend or girlfriend who loves God, let me tell you right now that you must put God first in your relationship if you know the truth of your identity and your value and the purpose in your life as to why you're here. Reincarnation has no purpose. So many other religions, when you actually look at logically all the other religions, I wasn't a Christian just because my parents were Christian. I actually looked up other religions. I actually wanted something logical. I wanted something real. I wanted something. But then when God didn't make sense to me, I'm like, well, then I'm never going to be happy. I want to ask you, when is it in your life that you're going to be happy if you don't have Jesus? Because I'll tell you this, when you're 13 years old, everyone's gossiping and backstabbing you. And you're like, oh my gosh, my life is horrible. Right? And then you're like, I want to be 17. I want to be a senior. And you become a senior and you're like stressed out because now you've got exams to get out of high school. I've got to go to college. If I could just get to college and everything's going to be okay. You get to college and nothing's okay. Now you're stressed out because now you've got to go get a job. If I could just get a job, then everything's going to be happy. You get your job and guess what, guys? Your boss stresses you out. Oh, if only I can get married, then everything's going to be okay. No, go talk to the married people. 50% of marriages end up in divorce for a reason. What I want you to know is money, drugs, sex, alcohol, pornography, fame, and fortune. If you put your happiness in temporary things, your happiness will be temporary. We were made with a soul, a soul eternal. And we, when we die here, this body is nothing. This is just a temporary tent. There is a spiritual realm. There is a real spiritual realm. You want to know why I believe in God? Not because I've seen demons. Sorry, not because I've seen angels, but because I've seen demons. Not just in Africa, not just exorcisms in Africa. Demons walking through my hotel room in San Francisco, California, baby. And I tell you, witchcraft is real. The spiritual realm is real. And I want you to know, for me, I wanted to know the truth. And I said to God, God, I believe that there is a greater good For my life, I just have no idea what it is. And until you actually tell me why you made me this way and why you refuse to give me arms and legs, you don't make sense to me. You owe me an explanation. And at age eight, I hated God for years. I went to church. I didn't understand. How can my dad talk about a loving God from the pulpit when his own son was being bullied? You know, we, when we hear from somebody, oh, you're ugly, we sometimes think that they are the bully. They are bullying you, but do you know who the biggest bully is? Satan. And he's real, and he's relentless, and he's much bigger than you. 
And what he will try to do is put these places around us with people, circumstances, voices saying, oh, you're ugly. You're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly. You're nobody. You'll never ever be anybody. And so with those lies, you're like, well, then at least if I can just have this and if someone needs me, you even compromise. You know that you shouldn't be having sexual relations until you say, I do, and she says, I do. But you feel needed and you feel wanted and it makes you feel good. You go to church, but you know you ain't really right with God. And it's almost like we go to church and then walking out of church, we're saying the F word. We got to understand something, guys. God is real, and you got to be real with God. Because if you ain't real with God, you ain't going to experience the real God. You ain't real with God, you ain't going to experience the hope and the plan and the future. And He would delight in having any conversation with you, even if you're angry. You want to know why? Because He loves you, because He cares. Because there's nothing you can do and there's nothing you can say that's going to change his love for you. And when you realize that these people who are bullying you, I could tease you, you could tease me. I could tease you about your hair. I could tease you about your clothes. You could tease me about how I look. It doesn't matter about what people say. When the world says you're not good enough, get a second opinion. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. And when those voices said... Oh, just give up. Oh, just give up. Oh, just give up. Philippians 4.13 says, For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you know that I've been in 990 schools across America face to face? I've done 3,500 speeches, 22 presidents, been on television to 2 billion people. Largest crowd was 800,000 people. 400,000 people gave their life to Jesus Christ in one night. What I'm telling you is real. I've seen miracles. I've seen a lot. But there's no greater miracle than you actually being free indeed. In the truth of first your value and your identity. And as I went to 990 schools, do you know what I used to do? I used to ask everyone at the school to bow their heads and put their hand up in the air. And I would say, put your hand open and put your, with every eye bowed and every, uh, every head bowed and every eye closed, I would ask them four highly sensitive questions. And if their answer was a yes, I told them to simply put their hand in a fist. That way their neighbor don't even know what they said yes to. Are you with me? I did pre-COVID. 279 surveys, middle school and high school students, hundreds of thousands of children, teenagers. I asked them the first question, put your hand in a fist if you have thought of committing suicide. Six to 12% of all teenagers in America have thought of committing suicide. Second question, put your hand in a fist if you actually tried. The statistics were 3 to 6% had actually already attempted suicide. Then I said, put your hand in a fist if you try to end your life because you hate your life so much because of a brokenness at home. 
40% of the reason for teenagers who actually attempt suicide is because of a brokenness at home. And I want you to know right here, right now, I may have no arms and no legs, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not suffering more than you at all. At all. One in three girls here, one in three girls have been sexually abused. One in five boys have been sexually abused. That's American statistics from the government. Do you understand? I tell teenagers it's worse being in a broken home than having no arms or legs. I have no arms and legs, but I'm healed on the inside. You have arms and legs, but you're broken and empty and depressed and anxious and withdraw and, and disabled with fear. But I want you to know that God came to rescue you, not just to make your life a little better, not just so you can have a social club when you go to church. He came to change your life. He came to change you. He came to give you a purpose. You know that you made for a purpose. And when you don't know what that purpose is, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Verse 12, Then you will call upon me, come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. God ain't playing hide and seek. Have you stopped hungering after God if you ever did? And if you're hungry and you're thirsty I'm going to tell you right now only the love of God can set you free and some of us don't understand that you're already a world changer do you know that the fourth question that I asked teenagers in 300 schools was put your hand in a fist if you've actually tried to commit suicide because of bullying at school Don't tell me you're a Christian when you spread gossip. You don't know Jesus. Because when you realize that every single person matters, is valuable, I am no less valuable than you, you are no less valuable than me, and when you spread gossip, that's part of bullying. And when all the teenagers at school, they open up their eyes and they lift up their head. And I say, do you want to know the stats? And I tell them the stats. And in a school of a thousand students, I say to them, do you know that 15 teenagers right here, right now told me that they already tried to end their life because of bullying at school. And I tell them this, if I were you, and a speaker told me that even one person hated their life so much because of the bullying at my school. You know what I would make a decision to do right there, right then? To never be a part of it ever again. I ain't going to be friends with everybody, but man, can we stop being enemies to everyone? We got to understand, guys, bullying is not okay. At all. Swearing is not okay at all. Sexual immorality is not okay at all. Just because everyone is doing it doesn't mean it's okay. 
do you understand? So where do you stand? Are you somebody at school when you see bullying, are you kind of like by a bystander just letting it happen? Or are you someone on standby? Because I'm going to tell you right now, there's always going to be something that you're waiting for in life. I didn't care how much money you get. I didn't care what you have. I didn't care if you get money. I didn't care if you ever get married. If you ever have children, I'll tell you right now, there is always something that you're going to need. Welcome to life. And in that, don't wait to get your miracle before you realize that the miracle has already happened when Jesus Christ died on the cross for you to the point that when you don't get a miracle, you can still be one. And I knew that maybe I was going to face a lifetime of bullying. Maybe I was never going to get married. Maybe I would never have kids. Maybe my life would not look so good. But if I can help one person realize, hey, you're beautiful just the way you are. And God has a plan for you. I'll tell you, I'll never forget it. I was 24 years old speaking in front of a church, and there was a man holding up a little boy, 19-month-old Daniel, no arms, no legs, and a little foot just like me. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I said, come up on stage. And he's looking up, and I'm looking down, and I can't give him a high five, so I put my foot in his foot. He smiled. Everyone cried. When I saw him, flashback of my whole life, I attempted suicide at age 10. I tried to drown myself in my bathtub. Man, am I glad I'm still here. God not only healed my heart, not only did he rescue my soul, but he caused a man without arms and legs to be his hands and feet. Don't ever doubt that God can use you. What do you think I want? Arms and legs? Sure, it'll be great. I have a pair of shoes in my closet just in case he says yes. But am I waiting for it? No. I'm an ambassador of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm a general in his army, and I boldly and humbly stand in front of the gates of hell and redirect traffic. And until Jesus Christ returns, that's where I'll stand. And I'll tell you right now, it'd be great to have arms and legs to get in a bike, smash into a pole, and break a leg. But you know it's much better. One day being in heaven, having arms and legs, and seeing Daniel with arms and legs, hugging me, me hugging him, him hugging me with our new limbs, and us crying and saying, brother, thank you for helping me believe that this place called heaven was real. Do you know that your story is just as powerful as mine? Your history is his story. And if you're breathing, your story ain't done yet. And if God can use me to help another limbless person, then God can use you. Five, ten years from now, five, ten minutes from now, here, when you go one day to even share what Jesus did for you. It's that seed of faith that changes everything. What if we went through this life? To experience God's love when we felt hatred. 
to experience God's healing when we were wounded, to experience God rescue, rescuing us when we were drowning, to then help someone else out of that drowning, to say, you know what? When I was 13, when I was nine, this happened to me too. But look, I'm still here. I want you to know that there's nothing that God cannot heal or redeem. And you need to know where you stand. There's no gray area. You either believe Jesus died for your sins or not. Don't make your own little cocktail of religion. Let me tell you what's going to happen when you make your own little mix of religions. In six months, your mix of religions are going to be different. And six months after, it's going to be different again. Oh, but that's okay. No, not really. Not if there's actually a one-way truth in life. I want you to know that He's set me free. And some of you, some of you need to understand that there are some people that you'll meet that are going in one direction, but two destinations, church and hell. Don't tell me some people who go to church aren't going to hell. You want to know why? Because church don't save you. Do you understand? I want to go to heaven and I want to go to church, but I don't want to play church. I want to do real church with God, real church with my friends, real friendship with those around me. Tomorrow's not promised. I don't want to give my life to Jesus Christ yet. I want to get older. I want to experience this. I want to experience that. Tomorrow's not promised. You, you saying that you don't want to make a decision is your decision. Indecision is your decision. Do you understand? Delaying it is a decision. And I want to ask you, have you made that decision to commit your spirit into the hands of God Almighty where you trust in the Lord with all your heart and you lean not upon your own understanding. Say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand. How could any good come from this? And if you're ever being abused, you got to find a trusted adult or call the domestic, National Domestic Violence Hotline you need to be in a safe place. You might be praying that the abuse stops, and it may not. So call out to someone. I just did a message for the abuse yesterday, two days ago in front of a camera at Life Without Limbs. It's going to be a powerful message for everyone and anyone. And this message is like breaking my heart. I want you to know that I love you, that you're not alone, that God is with you. And apart from a dangerous, abusive place, I want you to know that if God doesn't change the circumstance, He's going to use the circumstance, and He'll use every single circumstance if you give your life to Him, where one day you can share your story and say, hey, I know how you feel. I'm going to walk with you. How cool would that be if you help just one person find Jesus Christ to live forever? What else is there to live for? Nothing else. Nothing else. We're here to occupy. 
Do you know that you can change a school more than the government and who's president? You can change your school. Don't tell me that you want to change the world until you're actually actively doing something in your school. Hello? Tomorrow ain't promised. So today, where do you stand? I want to ask you right now, I know if you're, if you're um, sitting or standing, it, it doesn't matter. But right now, I want to ask you, do you want to make your life right with Jesus Christ for real? Maybe some of you have been going to church. Maybe this is not your first time here. Maybe you have asked God into your life, but man, you've, you've really drifted away where you're like, man, I, I really got to reset. If this was your last night, do you know where you're going if you ain't here? Tonight, you can have that peace. Tonight, you can have that rest. Tonight, you can have Jesus. And he stands at the door and he knocks. Will you open the door? And say, God, I don't want my plan. I want yours. I don't want my strength. It's failed me. I need you. I want your plan. I want your strength. And I want my my heart to have your peace. Not the peace I think I'm going to get when something changes. I need you to change me. So tonight, whether you're standing or you're sitting, if you're standing and you don't know if you're saved you don't have a personal walking relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're standing and you want to say a prayer with me that changes your life forever. This is not just a recommitment. This you know. It, you know that you know that you know you ain't right with God. And you need to make some really tough decisions. Some of you guys. You got to understand that if you can't show your girlfriend what a man of God you are before you get married. How will you honor her once you get married? Do you understand that you actually show her that you're putting God first by Him keeping His pants on and you keeping your pants on? It is how you live and what I see the fruit in you, your F words, your addictions... And the things that you justify that tell me if God is number one in your life. Period. So, will you make him number one in your life? And say, God, I turn away from my sin. I don't want to sin anymore. Does that mean that you're perfect? No. But you put those lies away and you say, God, come into my life. Change me. Help me to do what you want me to do. Help me to be who you want me to be. And when I fail, pick me up and carry me when I cannot walk. God, I need you every day. God, teach me how to pray. God, show me your promises in your word. And if that's you,
and you're standing, I want you to raise your hand. And if you're not standing and you're sitting and you want to make your life right with Jesus, I want you to stand to your feet and raise your hand. Right now, all across this field, if you know that you need to make your life right with Jesus Christ today, right now, not tomorrow, not the day after, not when you get married, not when you have some money, not when life makes more sense, right now. If you know you need to make your life right with Jesus Christ right now, if you're standing already, raise your hand. If you're not standing, stand and raise your hand so I can see you. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see you standing. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see you standing. Keep your hands up. Give me a wave so I can see you. Listen, if you can't make a bold, keep your hand up. If you can't make a bold move like this here at a Christian event, if you can't stand up for a faith decision at a faith event here and now, and you can't stand up and you can't raise your hand here and now, how are you going to stand up for your faith when you go back home? This is the moment. This is the last call. Right now, if you know you need to make your life right with Jesus Christ and you haven't stood up and you haven't raised your hand, stand up and raise your hand now. Last call. Last call. I'm doing a countdown. Ten. Stand. Nine. Come on. Eight. Stand. Seven. Six. Five. Four. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on. Move. Get up. Three, two, one. Keep your hand up. Put both hands up and say, Dear God, I come to you today. And I thank you that you're real. Thank you, God, that you have a real love for me. An unconditional love for me. There is nothing I can do or say that will change your love for me. But as I speak to you tonight, I know I'm not deserving of your love. And I'm so sorry for everything I've done wrong. I confess I'm a sinner. And I want a new life. I don't want to play around. I want to know you. So God, forgive me, change me, renew my mind, teach me how to pray, show me how to live, and show me your promises in the Bible that I can always hold on to. Thank you, God. You'll never leave me. You'll never forget me. I know that I don't know what the future holds. But today, I give you my life. I trust in you. So give me faith one day at a time to believe in you, to walk with you, and believe 
that even when I fail, every single day, you're still with me. You still love me. So God, fill me right now with your Holy Spirit, your peace, your love, and your joy. Heal my heart and give me faith one day at a time. In Jesus' name, I believe Jesus died for me and he rose again. He did it for my sins. And he now is my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, listen, I know that I was a little shorter than we anticipated, but man, I want to see those hands that said that prayer with sincerity. Raise your hands. I want to see you. Give me a wave. Give me a wave. Look at those hands. Look at those hands. You know, when one person gives their life to Jesus Christ, then all of heavens rejoice. Now listen, tomorrow morning you might wake up and say, well, that was awesome. What do I do now? We want to help you with the next steps. I want, to, I want you to get your phone out. Get your phone out. If you said that prayer, get your phone out. I want to give you, first of all, two things. I want to give you seven videos that I recorded for people exactly like you who just said that prayer, for the next seven days, you're going to get a video daily from me. And you simply got to text the number. Are you ready? All right. Ready? Wait, let me get it up too. Here we go. I got to get the number. The number is 51237. And the word is Jesus. Maybe there's a QR code up there. Cool. I can't see the screens. If you text the word Jesus to 51237, you will get videos from me to encourage you over the next seven days, one day, uh, uh, one video per day. But listen very carefully. I know, listen, look at me. I know you can't wait for the next band. But one of the reasons why I stopped coming to music festivals Last time I came to a music festival, I told my team I'm never going back to a music festival ever again. Do you want to know why? Because when we wanted to get people's cards and your name, your number, your email, something that we could connect with you later, no one moved because they're waiting for the next band. And I saw about, I don't know, 400 hands. And no matter what happens tonight, I'm not going to tell you if I'm ever going to come back to a music festival, but that's the only reason why I got up on stage and I came back crying to my staff and I said, I'm not doing it again because 400 people gave their life to Jesus Christ and only about 100 actually got followed up with because they were all waiting for the next band. I want you to know that I know these bands 
backstage. I see them on stages. Do you want to know why of all the reasons they do what they do? Do you want to know why all the people make money donations towards this to make it happen? you want to know why we all do this? It's for this moment alone that you find Jesus. And we are so happy that you said that prayer. We are ecstatic. But now, will you? You know with a tensor, you've seen this before. There are tents, which way do they go? Just back there. See my finger pointing that that way? See my finger pointing that way? See my foot pointing that way? Listen, it is so important that every single one of you 400 actually make a move. It takes no longer than five minutes to go. I'm going to say four minutes. And it takes time for this band to come up. Don't worry. Let me tell you why. We want to help you with the next steps. We want to connect with you. We want to call you up and say, hey, how can we pray for you? How can we pray for your family? How can we be with you? Let us be committed to your commitment to Jesus Christ. Help us to help you with the next steps. And the quicker you go there, guess what? The quicker you can come back. So right now, those 400 people, Military style, I'm sorry I'm harsh, I don't care. Right now, military style, for your own sake, we want to pray for you. We want to connect with you. We want to help you. Turn your bodies and start marching towards the next gate. Right there, right there. Go to the tent. And as people are moving, can we rejoice and thank God as people are moving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I love you all very, very much. God bless you. Yep, they're moving. Good, 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 good. That's about 20%. That's about 20%. I see you and I saw you. That's about 30%. That's about 35%. I'm serious. I saw you all. I got pretty good eyesight. Last call. Make a move. You, you raise your hand. Go. 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 Move. Go. Someone next to you raise their hand. Look at them and say, let's go. Someone raise their hand next to you. Look at them. Grab their hand. We're going. Let's go. Everyone. Let's all give God a shout of glory. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.